Hey, what's up? This is Ranting with Randy, and I'm Randy, and this is a podcast that still has no COVID-specific fucking intro, so I guess we'll just get to the fucking podcast, and it, it's got multiple guests, which is amazing, because I was really looking to bounce some of my neuroses off people, and I found them. So the incident started, the, the rant started, and, and was spurred on, the incident, it's the impetus of the rant, started with Steve-ish this morning at the Hill that led me to really come back home and question my own comfort level, my own anxiety, my own neuroses, my own psychopathy, uh, and then that was further exacerbated by a phone call and an invitation from Schmooperville to go for a drive around in a car, which I instantaneously and immediately said, fuck no to, not in that way. I literally was like, nope, uh, and backed myself out of it just because I'm completely not comfortable. And I wanted to get some feedback from people, which I immediately then texted after I said, nope, I texted Hazmat, I texted Guapa, I texted uh, Shapiro because I was like, okay, did I overreact? Did I not think it through? Did I, am I actually really now completely shook to my core and and am questioning now every reaction to a potential interaction with people and it's a mind fuck and i was like did i just completely refuck myself in the head or am i continuing to do that or how do i unfuck myself and i and then i was like okay i need some feedback because i need to know that i'm a not going completely batshit fucking crazy or if i am going batshit fucking crazy then it then it is exponentially the correct level of batshit crazy to correlate to the situation that we're in. So I just wanted to make sure that I was still on par with the level of fucking insanity that this coronavirus has now bred, festered, and continues to spread, for lack of a better word, within people, around people, and and what and, and how it's causing people now to deal with the quarantine fatigue and what they're willing to relax and forego and give up. And I, I really, and it's in the podcast and it's, 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 and we talk about it with Kelvin and we talk about it with Kelvin's partner who chooses to remain unnamed, which is, which I completely respect. Um, and I just needed human response. I didn't need a psychological response, although I would love one. I think that the psychotherapy that is going to need to follow something like this and and the deprogramming is is really a relevant issue because I you need to at some point deprogram yourself from the fear of locking yourself in your apartment and staying home and staying away from people because that is antithetical to human nature. Uh, I, I want nothing more than to be around people. I want nothing more than to sit at Amrita and have a cup of coffee and kick it with with Lincoln and Michelle and Steveish. I want nothing more than to sit on the fucking hustle bench and schlep my shit to the park every Saturday and and talk to the kids and talk to the vendors and talk to the Kano coffee guy and kimchi and you know every and and the olive oil guy and everyone who comes by and kicks it on the bench and in passing, you know, I miss the peeps. I miss that engagement. You if you have to. If you're human, you miss that human interaction. But at what cost is my question. And I am not ready yet to relinquish my it's, – it's, I guess it's a fear of, of potentially either getting someone else – because I don't know if I'd been exposed. I'd been out at the supermarkets shopping before everyone was locked down. Before like – I mean I washed my hands and I didn't touch my face. But I was around in a supermarket, in a car, in the park, no – like before everybody was locked down and all of these, you know, 
uh, precautions went into place. And and so I don't know. And I don't want to be the one to, God forbid, make somebody else sick. I don't know if I would be able to live with myself if that were the case. And you really don't know. So you, I would never know if I made somebody else sick. So I will try to do my best to follow the guidelines and follow the recommendations and follow the rules as long as, you know, that is what we're being told to do by people who are looking out for the best interest of humanity. And in doing that, I quickly like shut down and not that I didn't have something else to do, but I really was like, no, I'm not comfortable getting in a car, driving around the city for multiple reasons. And you'll, you'll, you'll know those reasons when, when I get into the podcast with, with Kelvin and I, I just wanted to know, you know, I need you, I guess you need that check of somebody saying, you know what, yo, pump the brakes, you're overreacting. Yo, it's not that bad. You know, other people that are out on a daily basis and going based on your own personal experience is, is where your comfort level is at. And for someone who has been completely cut off like me, except for people in the dog park in the morning from other humanity, you're a little fucking leery. Because you see people walking down the street, no masks, masks on their chin, the woman on the hill that takes her mask off to drink her fucking cup of coffee. Come on, that's fucking bullshit. Don't wear the fucking mask because then you pull the mask down, you touch your face, you drink your fucking coffee, and then you put your mask back on. That, that's not the protocol. Drink your coffee at home, come out with your mask on. I mean, I wouldn't drink my coffee right before I came out for a dog walk because eventually you're going to have to pee your brains out. But then that, that's somebody else choosing to do that. And the, that's why in this gloom and doom, I don't think it's, we know it's never going away, but I think it's never going away faster because everybody has their own level of how they're choosing to follow the wear your mask rules. How do you wear your mask appropriately? You put it on when you walk out the door and then you don't fucking touch it again until you walk back inside. You don't like remove it for a sip of coffee or to take a sip off a straw, touch your face, put the mask. Some people do. I don't think that's necessarily appropriate. I don't have my PhD in, in how to wear a fucking mask. But I would think that common sense says once you put it on, you leave it on. But I just needed to get checked. So I am very thankful for Kelvin who participated and for Kelvin's partner who did at the end jump in because you can't not. Because you know what? Sometimes the need to voice your opinion is greater than your fear of how people are going to judge you. And the seven... D million people that listen to this podcast will never judge anybody. And if they do, they have to get through me first. So let's get to the podcast. Let's get to the story by Steve-ish. Let's get to the podcast with Kelvin, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll close it out. All right, here is the Steve-ish and then Kelvin and partner podcast. Woo, it's a lot. All right, we're going to do a socially distanced five-second rant because Steve-ish already got me going. Because now he's talking about a friend who shall remain unnamed, who is alone in his house, who let his family take off and bug out to another location that is secure where they know the owner. And he wanted to invite his friend over, who's been alone, for 55 days. As a nice gesture. I think the gesture is nice. It's coming from a good place. But do you really think, I mean, the guy, as much as I've been alone, I've had to go out, I've had to go to the supermarket, I've had to walk past people. I could be completely asymptomatic. Somebody could want to invite me over and I could completely fucking destroy their entire family and not even know it. Yeah, you can do that. I think that the, that the, the demographics and the social dynamics of Grand Rapids, Michigan are different than, than in the hood, right? It's, it's much less dense. You can spend a lot more time without having to go out. This guy's been 
basically alone by himself, with very little contact with other people for a sufficient amount of time that he should have some confidence that he's not. But that's the problem. He did at some point go out. You could be asymptomatic now forever until there's a vaccine. Well, I'll tell you what. Would you be okay with that? Yeah, I would. You would? In fact, I, I would probably, I would probably, I'm, I'm, I'm on the verge of, of trying something like it now. Is that because you have quarantine fatigue or is that because you're like, fuck it, if this is going to be my life for the next five years till I get a vaccine, I'm going to have dinner with someone? Yeah, I mean, this is not going away, right? COVID's not going to go away. It's just going to, it's going to pause and it's going to come back and then it's going to go away and it's going to come back. And, you know, I don't care who's got a vaccine that looks promising. Drugs don't get developed that quickly. Fair. It's going to be a long time before we have anything. So what situation are you contemplating? So the, so the the fact of this, the fact of this pandemic is, is that we're going to have to learn how to live with it. And, and and allow people to restore habits and and have experiences that are social. But we're, we're going to have to find ways to do it. People are people are going to have to come back into contact with one another. So what experience are you? We can't live this way indefinitely. We can't live this way indefinitely, but at what, what is my whole dilemma is the risk reward. Like you have a family, you have kids. I think that adds another layer of pressure and stress. You have other people. I mean, everybody has other people to think about because everybody should be thinking about the greater good and humanity. But what, what situation are you contemplating? I'm curious. I, I would, uh, if I were, if I were in his, sit, get down, sit. If I were in his shoes and I was alone and my family was away, I would look for some company from people that I felt had um, the appropriate le- the appropriate risk reward balance. Which is what to you? I don't know. Depend on the person. I mean, and then what happens when your family comes back? Ready. I got a frontline worker in my house. I, I, I know, which is what, which is, I get it. So, you know, I think that maybe I've got a, a, a higher, a higher tolerance for um, the possibility of exposure. A hundred, I agree with that a thousand percent. Yeah. I just think that that's, I think you're one of, I think you're going to be one of like the entire population who has to contemplate that. Because at some point we have to, we have to live. I agree with you, but it, it's, it's. I think it's everyone's anxiety level and it's everyone's uh, experience. Yeah. And I think that's what's interesting, and I think that's what makes it so fascinating to like talk to people and find out what people are willing to now tolerate, not tolerate, let slide, not let slide. All right. So, uh, you know, uh, Carol, who I wrote. Yeah. That is a good sounding stick. I would totally have her over for dinner. Okay. Does she, does she have a family? I don't know too much about her. She has a, uh, I don't know what she has. She has a partner, but he lives in the Adirondacks. Um, they haven't seen each other since this whole thing Yeah, and she's been alone quarantining, doing everything right. right. We go out, we go out to run in the morning. Yeah. She goes out to the store, uh, but she's been doing everything right, wearing a mask all this time. Uh, I don't see any reason why we could uh, 
It's the asymptomatic shit. It's she won't, right? She, she bakes and cooks and she brings us stuff and she leaves it at our door. Yeah. She won't take food from us because she's like, nah, sorry. Yeah. Hospital work. <laughs> I get that. I got no problem with that. But you know, I don't. I would. I would extend an invitation to someone in, someone like her in similar circumstances. So interesting. I definitely think it has to do with like what you personally experience and how you've seen it. Like through like Michelle's eyes and like th- through what she goes through and through what she tells you. Because I'm, I'm just like, I'm just like your friend. I'm just like Carol. Like I'm that same person. But my whole, my whole fear is what if I'm asymptomatic? What if two weeks ago when I did go to the supermarket, like I now have something that I don't know I have. Right. Well- I would feel horrendously, for me, it would be the absolute most horrendous guilt to ever live with if I know that I unwillingly infected someone that, someone. I don't even want to say someone that I care about because that sounds like I don't give a shit. You're, you're, you're going you're gonna to spend an awful lot of time in the situation you're in right now. I know. You can't get over that at some point. I know. I have to get over it at some point. Because every time you leave your home, you're resetting the, the 14-day clock. That, that, yeah. I didn't, you know what? That's fucked up. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you believe that, if, you, if that's your approach. I don't even know what my approach is. Every time you go to the bodega, you're like, oh, I, I got to be at home for another 14 days without seeing anybody if I want to be absolutely sure. Yeah. But even then, can you still be absolutely sure? Well, then, if, you, if that's your approach, <laughs> you're totally fucked. See where this goes? All right. Let me know how that works. People are now going to want to know, Stevish, how this plays out. Okay, well, I'll be going to talk to him on Monday. I'm going to ask him. All right, so we're going to do an update. We'll get an update. And hopefully I'll, hopefully we'll see each other before Monday. All right, my hands are literally absolutely frozen solid. So this is what happened to me this morning at the Hill. I have a friend of mine, Stevish. He's going to be part of the podcast also. He lives with a frontline worker. He has two kids. And he's has a different perspective on this whole quarantine fatigue, uh, quarantine situation, COVID situation, how long this is going to go on situation. So he started telling me a story just randomly about a friend that he knows that has a family. The family had an opportunity to take off to a house in another state through a friend. It wasn't like they were going to stay at a hotel. They weren't going on a vacation. They knew that house. They knew the owner. They've been, the guy hasn't been alone in 55 days. They wanted some time to like breathe, I guess. And the, the wife took the kids and went to this other house to take like a break. And I said, wow, the guy let his, first of all, the guy let his family go, which I thought was weird. Cause then I wasn't sure what the living situation was. Like if it was a place they knew if they were like, who'd let somebody go to like a hotel or leave the state? Like, why would you let your family even, I don't know, get in a car, drive, God forbid, risk getting in an accident. I mean, there's a million ways that you can ripple this out into what is really smart to do versus not so smart to do. And I think the point is everybody's level of what is smart to do right now. And what's creating the problem or the challenge is different. So then he tells me, I'm thinking of, so I said, wow, that's crazy. I wouldn't do that. He said to me, well, Randy, you know, and he never used my name before. So I knew he was getting serious. So he's like, Randy, what are you going to do? Like stay locked up in your house forever. At some point you're going to have to go out and like choose how you're going to reintegrate yourself and interact with society. And I said, okay, fine, but not right now. Like my whole thing is not right fucking now. And he said he was thinking of, there's a woman that lives in his building. He runs with her every morning. She lives alone. 
Her partner, he lives in the Adirondacks. So they're separated. She's by herself. She hasn't seen another human being like in, in close proximity other than like running or being out and then going back inside for the rest of the day, like many of us, for 55 days. So he said, I was thinking of inviting her over for dinner. And I said, see your face? Now, if I could take a snapshot of your face, I did the same fucking thing behind my mask. My eyes rolled back into my head, and I was like, really? Like, I understand you feel for people. Look, I have been alone for 55 days. I have not, other than walking the dog at 7 o'clock in the morning and coming back into my apartment, I do not go out. I do not walk the dog. I do not trust any of these maskless motherfuckers in the hood that can't social distance. I don't go out until tomorrow morning. I have my roof. But I said, damn, I said, I understand you care about, like, you know she's alone. You're trying to do this. It's coming from a good place. But do you really think that that's the right thing to do? His perspective is different because he lives with a frontline worker. He lives with someone that gears up every single day and goes to work in a hospital in full PPE, comes home at the end of the day exhausted, strips down at the front door, puts her clothes in a bag, runs in the apartment, showers, and then and then inter- changes her clothes, and then interacts with the rest of the family. She's not as bad as my other friend who literally has to do the same thing and then goes into her bedroom where she stays like a prisoner in her own apartment with her parents for the rest of the day until she leaves for work the next day. So my response was... I wouldn't really invite someone over for dinner. As bad as I want to be with another, have another person sit on the couch or like, dude, I haven't fist bumped or touched another human being in 55 fucking days. It's insane to me. I have touched my dog. That is the only other contact that I've had with a living thing. That's mind boggling to me. And, and I just think that why if we've invested so much time now in, in this whole quarantine thing, and I get the whole quarantine fatigue, my question is, would you invite someone over? You're in a different situation. You're, your quarantine is a little different. You're comfortable coming and going and, and being with someone else. But if you were by yourself, would, would you, what do you think of that idea, basically? Basically, my question is, what do you think of, of that idea? Well, I haven't... Um I have I, I I okay so in this particular situation I would just say no. You would um, say no to the invitation? Would you even think to invite somebody over? No, no, I wouldn't. I, I would not. I um I I I just learned recently that um I I I tested positive for the antibodies. Wow. Even knowing that I still would not invite anyone over to my place, you know, for dinner. I I, I still, um, and not even for myself, really for the safety of others. Right. Um, Even if I'm secure that, you know, they cannot get it from me or anywhere in my apartment, just the commute, the travel from their place to my place, you know, is it safe? Um, I wouldn't do it. I, I just think that, you know, I understand that people have limits. I know that this is hard on everyone. I know that people, even 55 days in, hasn't quite figured out how to cope with it. Me, um, I am one of the fortunate ones where I'm able to work from home. I still have a job, so I'm in communication with colleagues. 
in the middle of the day or at the end of the day. I may go for a long bike ride. I may go in the park and jump for um, jump rope with a mask, you know. But those are my ways of kind of coping with this. You know, I have a partner who lives close to me, three miles, and I can easily go for a three-mile walk, you know, to get to him. So I... I consider myself lucky to have those options in dealing with this. So I'm not speaking from the perspective of someone who has been shut in without any type of interactions or e- or even those options. You know, for some people, it's hard for them to even get up and go out and exercise. Um, you know, you have to be in the right mental space. So I acknowledge all that. Um, however, you know, you have to take into consideration the information from, you know, responsible media, what we're getting, you know, I mean, yes, everybody will want to go out right now, but right now they're saying it's not safe and we'll have to do this in phases. And if we're not at the phase where, you know, they're saying that it's okay to go out and do this, it's okay to take long trips or travel to another state or do this, then we're just not there. You just have to, like, practice patience. I don't even see us getting there, to be honest. The way things, the way the phases are transpiring with all of the people not wearing masks, with all of the people refusing to acknowledge the stay-at-home orders, with all the people that are that are so quarantine-fatigued that are just like, fuck it, like— for, for whatever reason, they're not wearing masks. They're not social distancing. I, I, like, how are we going to get my whole, how do we even get to the next phase? But I think a lot, a lot of that has to do with the misinformation that's being fed. I think this frustration is not just because we've been in quarantine for so many days. I think a part of that is the misinformation that we're being fed. What, is the, what do you know think what, is misinformed? How do you think we're misinformed? I Honestly. Think, I mean, of course, from the administration, you know, sure. when hear people here like, oh, yes, we'll be able to open in this amount of days. We'll be able to open. We'll be able to open back up by the summertime because the virus doesn't survive in warm weather. And then people people really thought that I thought that I hope for that. And now that I know different then now I have to kind of like recalibrate my mind and say, like, you know what? It may not be normal in the summertime. I haven't seen my family in two months. I'm used to seeing my sister and nephew at least once a week, once every week and a half. This is as long as I've ever gone without seeing them. Um, so I understand that it's hard. And that would terrify me. I just heard what he said that your sister has asthma. Yeah, yes, she does. That, and and for me, for all the people that I know that are immunocompromised or that are elderly or that have underlying conditions, I'm panicked for them. Like, I truly yeah. believe that I, I, also, I don't know my own underlying conditions. I Like, they say, like, healthy people, nothing happens. Then all of a sudden you see healthy people with the strokes, with the blood clots, with the this, with the that. My concern is it's more for everybody else that is. Inflammation of blood vessels now. It's like, you know, I think there were like about 20 cases in New York of, kids with inflammatory disease that you know may be deadly listen we don't know enough about enough we don't know enough about anything about anything with this thing it's basically every expert that you listen to says we're first we're still crawling through this thing and i think in if we're still crawling then you like with any kid you put up the safety gates in the apartment or in the house to prevent them from falling down the stairs and breaking their fucking neck and unfortunately that means not going outside and continuing 
to, to lock shit down. I'm all for the extreme. I think I've, and I never thought I would say that. Being a cyclist, being single, being, you know, more of a, I thought I was a risk taker. I guess I have to reevaluate myself. Maybe I'm more of a conscientious risk taker and I'm not like one of those like throw caution to the wind, but I don't, th- I'm all for lock everything the fuck down, like Italy style. Like no one goes out except for three things, food, the doctor, and like one exercise like per day. And that's it right now. All these little pity patty things and what's essential, what's not essential, who deems what essential. You don't know what I think is essential. And I don't blame those people, those liberation assholes that are like, my my mullet haircut is essential to me. So I'm going to carry my AR-15 rifle and make you open up my fucking barbershop. Well, then that, that, that. Then we're all fucked. Yeah. I, you know. Convince me we're not. That, and, and a part of that has to do a lot with white privilege, the fact that they could walk around with the AR-15 and be okay. Okay, I'm going to set um, up another scenario for you. Okay, so you live in a dormant. I live in an apartment. I, I've never been so fortunate to live in a five-floor walk-up apartment with only two apartments on every floor. Because if you live in a dormant, in a huge dormant building, this is my opinion, and this is also leads to the other story as to why I won't go out. Because I was asked by my friends who have kids and happen to live in Schmooperville, if I wanted to get in the car and go drive around the city to take pictures that were going to be part of some elaborate like Mother's Day project and to kind of like entertain the kids and DJ the radio in the car and just be another be another person. And honestly, again, I miss the schmoops. I miss people. Like I miss being within close proximity, laughing and like just the general like feeling of being next to two feet from somebody. But I sat there in my initial reaction when he called me and was like, I'm getting the car. I'm going to drive around to pick you up. I literally typed back faster than I've ever texted before. Nope, not going. I'm not going. And here's why. You live in a doorman building. You've been in an elevator with people that you don't know multiple times a day. You also live on a floor where you have had this community atmosphere where you still walk back and forth between apartments. And I love you. And you are like my family, but I do not know where other people that you are allowing into your apartment have been, who they've been with, who they let into their apartment. Every time you let someone else into your apartment, you reset your own 14-day quarantine. So you tell me that, because I actually texted people after I said nope, I was like, okay, pump the brakes. I was like, Randy, you're being a neurotic fucking nut job. It's a car. You know them. They're, they wouldn't intentionally put you in any danger. They're not looking to make you sick. And you're going to drive around the city and come back. But that's the thing about the coronavirus. No one is intentionally giving it to anyone. It's like, it just happens. But like, would you have you gotten know. in the car, Kelvin? Would you have gotten in the car and gone for the no, ride? No, the okay. only, only The only person that I've gotten in the car with has been... You know, my partner, and it's because we... But you've already been together. Right, you've already been together. Right. So my thing was, I'm going to reach out to people that I trust, because right now, I don't even trust myself, because maybe at this point, I'm cracking mentally, which is why I wanted to talk to your partner, because I think it's a fascinating case study into the traumatic stress that this puts people under, where all of a sudden, they're like panicked like was that the beginning of a panic attack for me like if I would have said yes would I have then been able to a enjoy myself not thinking oh my god every time I touch a door handle a doorknob the radio dial can't roll down the window it's too cold outside somebody in the car just coughed like 
how do you enjoy yourself like that? So I mean, I mean, that that just reiterates the whole importance of human interactions. We need that as a society, and and going through this is going to challenge. I mean, it's going to test that. I mean, it's but he thought it was okay to ask me. He thought it was okay to ask me. What? My partner is talking. We 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 are going to to um, supermarkets to, to buy groceries, and um, and while. That's a necessity. Not, not seeing anyone else. Um, there aren't minimal things that we are doing, and, and I think a lot of it is guided by. But I was panicked to get in the car. But yeah, but that that is different than Shabbat dinner. That is different than right. getting right. around people that you share memories, great times so with, and that's. Clear, it's not like the feeling that you know you can't go out and take care of yourself. Um, um, you know, people are having heart attacks without going to the hospital um, because they feel like, you know, I, I think that's risky, um, like not, not, not getting help when, when we need to. Um, we need to have, like, sustenance and food. Um, we need to get exercise and going outside to kind of taking our, our loved, beloved pets, like, you know, outside. Those are things that, that we need to do. Um, and the public health um, officials' recommendations are, you know, continue to recommend to do. Right, but but would you? My question is, would you have freaked out, like me, and and panicked and texted five people to make sure that you weren't overreacting in saying no to getting in a car with someone? First of all, a car which is a small space. So I, it's not even like we were going for a socially distanced, appropriate walk outside. It was getting into a tight space where there is no room to social distance, and you're stuck in there. Masks it's like are no in an Uber. Yeah, I wouldn't, which is why I said no, but I wasn't sure if I was like, okay, now, now I'm never, I'm never, now I'm clearly never leaving my fucking apartment. <laughs> just like, just like Stevish is invi- thinking of relaxing what he views as like his Corona quarantine guidelines. Like I'm not at the point yet to do that, but I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going batshit crazy like so far to the extreme, like I'm like absolutely at the instant somebody asked me to do something, I'm like, no, absolutely not, I'm not going. Well, it's not like you're being unreasonable. I think that's you know, it's not for anyone to say no. I'm not going to be socially engaging with you. It made me nauseous, know, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, I I think that is a little bit judgmental. I mean, because, like, I mean, people, their risk levels, you can't judge them for it. Like, okay, if you're comfortable in getting in a car with somebody else who lives in a in a, in a different apartment or location than you. I can't see your face, Kelvin. Where did you go? There you are. I'm right here. Um, it, it, if you're willing to take that risk, then that is on you. Um, but like, then it's back on me if you come outside to walk the dog and I see you in the park and all of a sudden, like, you may or may not well, then have been... You have to, then you have to practice your social distance. Don't get all close. Yeah, just no, like, I don't. Just assume that they have gotten in a car with somebody <laughs> or haven't been as safe and then you keep your distance from them. But, like, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, people make comments of, like, you know, joggers when they run and their mask is slightly off their face or they have their mask down or they're not wearing a mask and they're breathing heavily. Yes, I understand the concerns. 
you know, but then at the same time, you know, hopefully that jogger is practicing social distance. Hopefully you're practicing social distance. And it's really not the time for you to yell at the jogger. Maybe that jogger actually needed that jog just to get through the day. I, dude, know? the jog is okay. I have to say the whole social distancing and the mask thing, I had interactions both with a mask and without a mask because when I run at 6 o'clock in the morning, and there's no one up. I don't have my mask on because it is very difficult right. to run yeah. with. A, and I even wear a bandana, which is thinner than a lot of these masks, because I have to actually invest in some masks if this is going to be like our relative future. But I I don't run with it. I make sure I go out early enough. I can't say that I wouldn't go out later and be as comfortable with a full park of people biking, running, whatever, breathing all over. I think it would, I would love to see, and I said it before, like an, like an image, like some type of thermal germy image of what people's exhalate, what the park looks like when it's full with everybody working out. And if they could capture all of that, because they did that in a plane and it was terrifying how far like a sneeze travels. But they're saying now though, it shouldn't be, it needs to be like Eight feet should be the minimum instead of six feet. Even for social distancing, it's not far enough. And I think if you're running and exhaling, you also need to be a conscientious runner. It's not for me to get out of the way. It's for you to to avoid me. If you see me, you need to run around me. I can't see you coming up on my back and get out of your way and know whether to move to the left or move to the right. It's, you know, it, it is, there's the runners and bikers courtesy that, which was always a problem is now even exacerbated as more of a problem because people are like, you get out of my way, I'll get out of your way. Who gets out of whose way? Right. I, I, I totally agree with that. Like, I think that if, uh, if, if someone is you know, exercising without a mask, if they're running, if they're cycling, that it is their responsibility to keep their distance from others. You know, if you're deciding to come out here and, like, I understand you can't breathe normally on the job, but if you're going to run without that mask, it is your responsibility to stay clear of everyone. Like, so instead of running on the sidewalk, maybe you should run on the street close to the cars. Or But at this point, you shouldn't even, I think you shouldn't even be coming outside without a mask. Either if you're going to start with it around your neck like I do in the morning when I walk my dog, that's fine. I think that that has a lot to do with the psychological trauma. Because if if you at least see the mask and you know the person is aware that they should be wearing it, like the whole smoking with the mask on the thing and the drinking with the mask on the thing, there's a million things that people do 50 times that are like, why even bother with the fucking mask? But it's more of like, at least... I don't think at this point anyone should be coming outside without a mask. I mean, you just don't. I, I, I agree. I don't come out without a mask. I've even learned to get to I've gotten used to cycling with my mask and I've gotten used to um, jogging with my mask. But it took a few runs for me to get used to that. Um, Did you buy so your I, mask? Yeah. Like what you, kind you of mask know, do you have? You want to know what the fuck I'm not used to with my mask? Fucking Face ID. Yeah. Having to type in my passcode in my iPhone, that is the fuck that is driving me Yeah, they need to do something about that. They need to be able to identify your face now with a mask on. Apple needs to get on that. Oh, jeez. It's true. But so, okay, so I get it. And you're good with the social distancing and the activities. But I really, it was the going to a dinner or getting invited over to somebody's house or how different people would perceive that. Because he really, he got upset at me at looking at him like I was judging him. And I guess in a way I was judging him because I was like, 
dude, your wife yeah. works in a hospital. Like, why would you even risk bringing somebody else into the f- equation and potentially getting anybody sick? Even your and he's also a guy with kids, so I don't think he's not intentionally looking to make. No one's in, looking to make their kids sick. Like, so I don't. I just I I thought this was maybe my breaking point. I thought this was like okay. Now I'm at a point where. I, I can't even make a ration. I can't. But th- there's no question that he is being careless with his actions. You would call like, it careless. He would call it adjusting to quarantine life. I agree with you. No, I'm no, on no, your no, side. No, no. It, it, is, it is adjusting if you are following what is recommended. Right now, it's still recommended that you don't engage yeah. in any of those activities. All right. You make me feel better. I just didn't, I, I really, I understand. And I said, look, I said to him, tell me, you could tell me if you think, I trust him enough, like if you think like I'm overreacting, you could call me out on it. I don't have a problem with that. I could take as much as I dish. I, you know that about me. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I but I was you. like, <laughs> I couldn't fix my face like you did when I first told you what happened. My initial reaction was, oh, that's really fucking stupid, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't like, and I you love know. the guy. I love the guy. And I was like, why are you... I felt like saying, why are you doing this? Like, why are you ruining it? I was like, you're ruining it for everybody. Because you want... And I know it's coming from his heart. And he's really a good guy. But, like, why? Why? But, but you want to know what? If, there, if there's not more conversations about dealing with this... But he's going to um, be like, you can't tell me what the fuck to do. Oh, like, no, that's... No, no, but I think... I think there's going to be more people making decisions like he's making because people... Well, then we're fucked. Well, I mean, yeah, we are. So that's why there need to be conversations about how to cope with this, what to do, what activities you can engage in by yourself, whether it's running, jogging, or, you know, just getting out and getting fresh air. Like a virtual dinner. Like you sit down at your computer, turn on Zoom or FaceTime. Okay, yeah. So that's another thing, too. This virtual happy hours, I mean, I'll take it because that's the only thing I have, but it's really not that fun. Like... All I have it's is okay. like, <laughs> come hang out at the DJ jam. All we have is an hour worth of DJing. I've ha- I haven't done like a virtual Zoom dinner. I haven't done. Maybe we need to do a virtual Shabbating. Why haven't we done that? We did. We do that. Oh, you we did, did once. Friday. We did Seder. Facetime my sister. Yeah. Was that the Passover? No, that was when was that? No, for the... See, I'm a friendly drunk, so when it comes to happy hours, I like so to have someone next to me I can put my arm around and tell them how much I love them. I, I, I can't know. do that with Zoom. I know, but at least you have another human being there that you can do that with. You got to look yeah, at it that way. Well, well, I mean, we're, we're only together on weekends for the most part. During the week, you know, I go back to my place, and it's only because we're, like, busy, you know, so I do. You don't want to busily relocate temporarily? Like, is that you, you like having, like, you like going back and forth? Or is that just something that's more convenient well, now that I dig into your personal life? Well, I mean, I think I think our situation is a little bit um, different because it's not like it's just us yeah. two, you know. True. He has kids and. It's you, also like we work here and the kids go to school here. Oh, right, the, right, the right. Space is shared and. I forgot about that. See, I don't have that, so I forget about all the... That's true. I forget about all the other spaces that people have to share in terms of 
schooling and other people in offices and office space and working and and things like that. Yeah, if we weren't if we weren't in New York City and one of us had like a large space, like a large single family home, then that would be you know totally different. But you know, might be time to think about that. <laughs> oh my God, what? are you going to? Are you trying to move us to the suburbs? I, no, not the Listen, I wouldn't go suburbs. I would go full on country. I'm bypassing the suburbs. I'm going. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm done. Me, I don't do suburbs. It's one oh, extreme or the extreme. other. Like, I go I'm full not, on I'm country. Not, I'm not thrilled about the suburbs, but I would much rather be in the suburbs and at least have somebody to wave to as I go out and pick up my morning paper <laughs> than not seeing anyone around for miles. I know. It's hard. All right. I just, all right. I appreciate, I appreciate your honesty and I appreciate your candor. I appreciate you. I miss you guys a lot. Oh, we miss you. And, uh, thanks for sharing Kelvin. And I know one of these days, I know he poked his, I know he poked his little two cents in there every once in a while. We'll get him where he's not getting out of it. Listen, you know, um, not this podcast, but you know, another podcast, you know, uh, I think the interesting part about, um, interesting things emotionally I'm, I'm seeing is kind of like these trajectories that people are going into stages like initially kind of complete denial of uh of what's going on okay the pandemic. okay it's not going on oh you know we already had it you know this is nothing it's the flu Oy. to like you know, complete hysteria and stress which you know we have these endorphins and and kind of sympathetic stress uh response and then, like, now we're into that kind of this, like, dysthemia where kind of the, the stress response is, is coming down. And um, Is it? And I, I think for a lot of people it is. And, you know, and they're experiencing kind of this, like, mild level or, you know, or maybe extreme level of, of depression. But, but also this not caring, which I think may contribute to, to what you're saying of, like, well, whatever, you know. Do you think it's not caring up. or do you think it's a level of... I don't want to say selfishness because maybe selfish is not the right word. Well, selfish is, is a judgmental term, but, you know, but I think um, the idea to hold, um, you know, public health concerns and, uh, and have it affect your life is, is, is something that, that, that takes energy that, you know, some people may have less of right now. I'm not trying to give them excuses, but. Listen, did you see the article that came out that the second it, this made me a little more nervous that the second wave when it comes out is going to lead to what they're calling like desperation suicides, which is terrifying, like that the level of despair, like as this second wave comes around. Listen, but Randy, you know, uh, um, this is an, another point of like of, of media consumption that, you know, uh, and, you know, true news, false news, you know, all news right now is, is making a lot of money on people's True, fears. I agree. We're consuming. That's, that's Listen, I, 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 I'm not exempt of that. You know, I, it's the first time where, like, I'm, um, I'm signed up to multiple um, news stations. I, uh, I'm watching news in the TV, which I haven't done for, for tens of years. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I spend probably two hours a day um, reading the news. But, you know... What activates us is kind of like anger, anxiety. These emotions are very powerful. And then we end up being consumed 
how, how can someone know what the suicide rates would be? In, in no, they don't know what the now. rates are going to. They say there's a likelihood. They say that it. I mean, I think it's obvious that it's going to that there will be an uptick because people. What happens when all your money runs out? What right. happens when but, you, you know? Don't, but but uh, a headline like that, a story like that, yeah, it's just, terrible. You know, it's, it's triggering. Pulling and pulling us. So, it, it is. You know, again, I'm 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 part of it. I consume part of it, but being aware that you know that we're doing that, I think, is important. And finding limits for ourselves. You know, we're talking about you know. Zoom and other ways of taking care of ourselves. I think one way is to limit the news consumptions yeah. that we that we have. I agree. I try to limit myself. I don't. I don't watch the news nearly as much as I did. But I also. I mean, and through Twitter, I don't take as many deep dives into the art. Like I don't go down the rabbit holes. I saw the headline of the article. It caught my attention. I was like, okay, that sounds fantastic. I'm just going to scroll right by it because I didn't want to get sucked in to that conversation. I don't know where the facts are coming from. I don't know where the information is coming from. I, I choose to just, you know, I read, I scroll, I rage tweet in response just to vent and, and get some of it out like I do on these podcasts and like I do at the dance jam and when I DJ every night for now. It's just an hour to forget about everything and play some music and bring some people together and, and just hang out and shoot the shit because you still need to have some type of connection with people. No, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. But, but, um, but sometimes limiting, um, limiting the news consumption. Um, right. And again, that's everybody's limit. Sense of connectedness, but, um, but really activates a lot of emotions that, you know, weigh down on us. Right. And then that lead to those emotions coming out in a discussion when someone tells you they're inviting someone over and your initial reaction is to fucking explode and be like, what the fuck are you yeah. doing? Like, my initial reaction was like, why are you fucking doing that? And he was like, calm down. And I was like, no, I won't calm down. I'm not sitting here locked in my apartment so you can invite someone fucking over for dinner. I guess. But that, who am I? Like, I'm not the boss of him. Right. That's probably what he said whenever he walked away from you. Well, you didn't walk. We kept <laughs> we no, kept listen, talking. You know, we, know, we know that the countries are most successful at at um, holding and sustaining this were more totalitarian about you know the, the regulations. You know, if you take Israel for, for for an example, you know they're already you know public health officials are recommending to open um, open the schools. People are, are starting to walk around. They're doing really really well. So opening the schools. Yeah, they're talking about opening the school huh. soon. You know, it, it's not. It's but again, this is public health officials. It's not uh, partisan uh, politicians. They're containing it in a way that it's safe to. Are um, the beaches open over there? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this whole. Uh, I don't know who picks what's essential and what's not essential. And you know, one guy had a really good point. One clothing guy here in the city was like, "I'm trying to sell. I, nobody needs a suit and a tie and a business shirt right now. Uh, but you're going to tell me that I'm not essential, but the liquor store guy is. Like, I understood his point. I, I mean, who determines what is no, essential? No, 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 no. Yes, the liquor store is essential. Yeah. <laughs> store, no, can you imagine, like, how many people have, like... Apparently you can't. <laughs> I know. Like, I mean, think about it. Like, I mean, you know, maybe if you had had a drink before you talked to your friend, you would not have yelled at him. Like, I know. You know? <laughs> I mean, I think alcohol is necessity. No, do anyone need anything new? Do anyone need new clothing? No. Absolutely not. I've done so much online shopping. It's ridiculous. <laughs> what's the craziest the thing? More? What's the craziest thing you bought? Have you bought anything like like a tent or like something like bizarre? No, no, no. No. He goes for the Dior. 
yeah, I, 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 I'm a sneakerhead. I know and, you are. And, and you know, there's I, a new pair of Air Maxes. I think sneakers and stuff is, has got a limited edition drop coming. By the way. So I, I, I'm keeping my eye on a certain pair of sneakers. I had, I had ordered some sneakers over this whole quarantine. Actually, like a couple shoes, but um, there's one in particular I'm I'm waiting for. Uh oh, are I, you are you down with Sue Bird's check-in? Are you doing Sue Bird's Nike check-in? Who's that? Sue Bird. She's she's married to Megan Rapinoe, the women's soccer player. She's like the number one bas- women's basketball player. In the world, they're in Seattle. She does a. She's got a. Sick, I know nothing about sports. I am. Do so forget sports. She's a. She is games. a huge sneakerhead. Huge. Go Google really? Sue, Sue Bird. I'll send you the information. Sue Bird, all, Elena Deladon, all these Diana Taurasi. A couple of these women basketball players are monster sneakerheads. They even did the sneaker shop YouTube uh, thing where they went downtown. Really? Yeah, it was crazy. They so were the dropping. Don't tell me what you're getting because you're gonna piss me off. But go ahead, tell me what you're getting. No, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I can get it. What's dropping? I don't know. I don't know when it's gonna drop, but it's gonna drop. What shoe sometime. is it? <laughs> don't tell me what it is. I'm not gonna go get it. I got no money. I have no job. <laughs> I know, but it's gonna be in your podcast, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, that idiot." No. First of all, the seven. D million people that listen are not going to go after the shoe. So don't worry. I want to go Google it. I, 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 I want to see if I can get my shot at the Air Dior's. All right, now. I'm going to put you on to all these other sneakerheads that are knocking around. No, no. I mean, I, I know like that. I know that sneaker is ridiculous. I know it's going to be priced ridiculous, but um, listen, you got to live. You you're still look. You I, you are still fortunate to have a job. You are making money. You can live your life. Nobody is shaming you for that because you're not inviting people over for dinner. Because okay, <laughs> you're you get the all clear. But just wait. Soon as this quarantine break, all the new shit that I'm going to have on, you're going to think I'm going to you're going to think I, I'm like Diddy and. And You're gonna walk into Shabbat dinner like what? We're gonna we're gonna put that on blast the first time we get Shabbating again. It's gonna be a Kelvin. Kelvin, you better come dressed to death because it's I wanna, gonna I, be. I wanna, I wanna give a fashion show. It's gonna be like I'm gonna have like like 20 looks. Bring the trunk. You're gonna be dragging the trunk. <laughs> Yo, your partner's gonna be dragging the trunk <laughs> out of the trunk of the car. <laughs> <It's here>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! All right, thanks for um. Thanks for all of your input. I trust you guys. I believe you guys. I love you guys. And uh, we love you too. They will. Uh, the people will respond, and I will let you know how that how they do that. Okay. All right. So for the record, I think we can reaffirm that I am I am not crazy. I have not completely lost my motherfucking mind during this shit, and and that people agree with me, and I think that people agreeing makes me feel a little bit more comfortable and confident in my decisions in what I'm doing because it doesn't now it doesn't lead me to second guess myself and I think no matter what you always have to follow your gut and you always have to do what you're comfortable doing but I think at a point in time like this in history you also need to think about other people who are facing different challenges and if that means 
me staying home makes it safer for someone else who doesn't have the ability to maybe fight this thing the same way that I do or to potentially put somebody else in harm's way, then I'm okay staying home. I I mean, not forever, but until I don't know when. That's also part of the problem. Like, nobody fucking knows. So it, it comes down to obviously what you're comfortable doing because you don't want to go outside and be like a complete fucking basket case and, and, and completely stressed to death every time someone walks by you or try or approach. I mean, fuck, I live in New York fucking city for fuck's sake. There's no way to avoid people. I am not like out in the country and, and I'm not looking to avoid everybody. I know that if you have a mask on and then you socially distance, you can go to the supermarket. You can go to the park to walk. You just, you have to be smart. What I'm saying is there is an anxiety level that now comes with doing all those things. It takes an extra 20 minutes to get ready to go out and walk the dog because you have to have your paper towel. You have to have your hand sanitizer. You have to have your mask. You have to tie the mask on. You have to leave, you know, your shoes are outside the door. My shoes are always outside the door. I don't bring shoes in the house. Or if I do bring them in the house, they're right by the front door because it's a no shoe house. But there's, you know, a million different steps that you have to take. And you have to think about now that you normally didn't have to think about. And I know that everybody is doing that, but well, maybe not everybody's doing that. See, that's the conundrum. And I, I could go on and on and on about this, but I won't. So I think it's important. I think the most important thing to take away from this is if, if you have any hesitation or any self-doubt or anything, check in with your friends and the people that you trust and, and get feedback and bounce ideas off people because that communication and that sense of being able to get that feedback to calm your own nerves and to, to reset yourself and to refocus yourself is, is really super helpful, and I'm very thankful for it. And I'm thankful for all of the opinions. And everyone is entitled to their own fucking opinion. And I always say that. And I appreciate people's honesty. And some people may have gotten in the car if you could have put the windows down. Some people were like, absolutely don't get in the fucking car. Some people were like, I would not have someone over for dinner. Some people were like, yeah, maybe I would have someone over for dinner. Everybody is different. But I think the most important thing is like the bigger fucking picture. And the bigger fucking picture is getting this shit under some type of control so that the doctors and the scientists and the professional people can do what they need to do to figure this shit out because it's constantly fucking changing. And the one person that I listen to that keeps me up every fucking night is Lori Garrett. And I think if you listen to Lori Garrett, we're basically fucked for, 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 for the very foreseeable near future, which is uh, five years from now. This is still going to be an issue. So it's really how you cope. And I, I really do want to try to see the glass half full instead of half empty because I don't want to... Because then it just evap. Because then the liquid just evaporates from the glass, and the glass will be empty soon enough. And um, I, I would much rather see it half full and, and try to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm not even talking about politics. I am literally talking about getting refunctioning. Because there is no getting back to normal. There is no nor- There is not going to be a normal. Normal is done with. There will be a new normal, and there will be a new way of functioning. And it, it it's too soon to know. So I th- so basically to leave on a better note. I want to say thanks to to Kelvin and to his partner, and I want to say thanks to Stevish because I appreciate the conversation and his openness and his candor. And you know when somebody uses my full name in that tone, they're serious, and I understand his seriousness, and I appreciate everything that Michelle does. She's a motherfucking hero, and and he lives with that, and they they are in a different situation, and they are experiencing things differently, and so would I if that was the case. And maybe you're a little, and it's not that you're more laissez-faire, but I think you you have a different. Reality, you you see things through a different lens, and and that's the lens that that he sees things in, and and that's that's okay, um, for them, and it, you know until it's not, and 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 then you reset and you refocus and you readjust. 
but it's exhausting. So thanks, thanks to everybody that texted me back. Um, thanks to everybody that, you know, told me I wasn't being a fucking neurotic, uh, New York city, Jewish hypochondriac of a nut job. Uh, I'm not, I'm not that person. I'm not that one. I'm not that anxiety riddled second guess every decision type of person, but I really, this has caught me off balance and it makes me second guess myself sometimes. So I'm going to continue to listen to my gut. I'm going to continue to rant. I'm going to continue to ask people for input and insight and advice and their opinions. And I'm continuing to DJ the dance jam at eight o'clock every night, East coast time, five o'clock Pacific. Uh, we're going to continue to make top 10 lists of shit. We're going to argue about, uh, cause we're going to break down. The next rant is going to be about the top 10 list of uh, female singers of all time. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, and if you have an opinion on that, you can still get in on it. It's not too late. DM me your list or post it on your Instagram story and I'll find it. Uh, you can find me on the Instagram at Doodleheads. You can find me at the DJ Jam live at 8 o'clock on the Instagram. You can find me in the Twitterverse at Small Pencil Club. You can, you know, go find Franklin. Uh, we can hook you up with, you know, with Kel- Kelvin's info. If he wants to put himself out there, that's totally up to him. Um, you could go follow Lincoln and his Mitchell Minute every single day on the gram at Lincoln A. Mitchell. You could follow him on Twitter at Lincoln Mitchell. Go check out his website, LincolnMitchell.com. Um, to all the Shabbating peeps, I love you guys. I miss you guys. Galoosh! Uh, Hazmat, thanks for the advice. Guapa, uh, we're checking in on the peeps. Uh, Woof Woof TV is still uh, in full effect. And uh, until the next time, wash your hands, wear a mask, check on your peeps. And uh, thanks for listening. Peace and hair grease.